I almost look to and say to myself, if Thomas Harley wasn't a top pick a few years back, is he getting the call up? In other words, if he's a fifth or sixth or a fourth. And, you know, I mean, they they need him to work. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, when, you know, the it, we see it in all sports, when you're, you get more opportunities if you're a higher pick because they want you to, you know, obviously their jobs are on the line as well. So they want to see the players succeed um, for job security for them as well. And you miss on draft picks. I get it and everything. But, um, you know, so it, it's one of those things where if the stars can continue hitting in the draft, uh, you know, I think the future is, you know, clearly bright because that helps out the uh, the cap situation. I, I wanted to point out the other day the fight by Hanley. And for a guy who doesn't get a lot of playing time, and I agree with you, Sean, he's just a guy that's just been a extra defenseman in the NHL and carved out quite a nice career. But to come out, you know, basically out of the cold where you're wearing a suit every night and, and then dress and then draw a fight and fare well in that fight, finding a same-size opponent, I really felt as though that um, kind of lifted the stars. I mean, you could see the enthusiasm um, with the stick taps. Like, they were into that fight. And I think when people talk about, like, oh, fighting needs to be banned or anything like that, that is a perfect example to me of a fight that changed the mood uh, on the bench for the better. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not going to be, I've always, I've become more and more someone who very rarely do I see a fight that changes the game. Like, I, I think it's, I, and I, I'm not, there should be no fighting. I'm not that person, but I'm also, I, I think it's become a space where the impact of it and what it means and everything like that. I think it gets overplayed a lot. Um, I do think from, from when I look at the Hanley fight against, uh, against Nathan Walker, the thing for me that I think always brings the fights that send the most message or energize a bench or, or whatever, right. To me, it's the ones where guys, it's the team. It's, it's the guy like a Hanley who can elevate the bench because it's hard for me. Like I know people always love when Jamie Ben fights and he steps up and everything like that. But from my perspective, I don't want Jamie Ben fighting unless that other player is also making $9 million a year. Just per just personally, just personally, I don't look sure. at, and this is some, and this is something Brent, Brent Severn and I have talked about this at length before. Like you shouldn't fight out of your pay grade. Well, Joel Hanley's in the lowest pay grade and he's doing a little bit of everything to stay in the lineup, to bring energy to the team. And if that gets the bench going and he get the bench going that way, that's great. He should do that. And to me, that is how kind of fighting in today's NHL can have an impact on the energy. It's something where it's a guy who steps up and does something uncommon. It's like when you see like a, it's just, it's like, like, you know, when you see like that, like defensive, that defensive forward score a goal or that, that stay at home defenseman score a goal. Everyone gets really excited about it. It's like when someone does something uncommon for a team, I think that really drives a group and drives the energy. And that's what Joel Hanley did by stepping in and, and fighting against Nathan Walker. And, and that's kind of what you want more and more of as a coach. If you can see your team taking uncommon steps for their teammates, it's, you can't help, but not build on it. Now, once again, I'm not the blanket. There should be fighting. There shouldn't be fighting. I think there's a gray area, but personally, 
I think what happened with Joel Hanley and Nathan Walker, I think it was actually, that was one that worked well for the stars. You, you can't complain about it. It was, I'm, I'm happy with it. And normally I'm someone who does complain about fighting because I think there are a lot of times there's been players who take fights that they shouldn't. And that is, that was not the case with what Joel had with, with Joel in this case. Yeah. I, I think another case is Saturday night, uh, Vancouver putting it on Vegas in Vegas, five, nothing deep into the third period got really chippy. Um, and Josh Dakota of the Canucks could have just said, nah, man, I'm good. As soon as he took that fight against Vegas, the chippiness ended for the rest of the game. And you and I both know yeah. when the scores get to 5 nothing and everything, that, to me, increases the percentage of injuries because that's when things get really chippy and dangerous. Yeah, that's when uh, it used to be. And the NHL, you and now those type of fights end everything. And that's that's the difference between where we are, where I think we should be, and where we used to be. It used to be, it's 3 nothing in the third period. Okay, I'm grabbing a guy in the next shift, and it just kept, it keeps escalating. I think we are at a good spot where one can end it and, and can kind of end that chippiness and kind of simmer everything down as opposed to escalating further as it used to. And I think that's just kind of an evolution of the game, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. You know, one, the Rope Hence does bring up uh, the Bo Horvat contract, which he's up after this year for the mm-hmm. Vancouver Canucks. And I think the captain's going to get a pretty good payday. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yes, <laughs> especially with the, with the bounce back year he's having, uh, 17 yeah. goals on the year. So I, I, yeah. I, for some I'm kind of a nerd about the contracts and Cap Friendly helps me with this and stuff. I, I just love looking at how much players left, you know, because it really does give you an indication of what you can compare it to. And the, the other the other one, too, that people are forgetting, and he's having an absolute tremendous year, and people forget they're the same age because he's been there. He feels like he's been there forever, and he's the captain. But Dylan Larkin is oh, having yeah. a tremendous year, is having a tremendous year, and is a UFA this summer. And he's making he's only making six point one million. And I think a lot I think a lot of people at first glance would be surprised when I tell you Dylan Larkin and Rope Hints are the same age, but just that's how long Larkin's had an impact in Detroit already. Yeah. He is, he is, uh, he's going to get a bag. So <laughs> I mean, he's probably at least top 10 underrated players in the NHL as far as don't really think of them that often, but just the consistency year after year. And he's been so he's been really good this year too. He's been like, I think he's got some somewhere around 24 points in 21 games or something like that. Like, you talk about the contract year bump, and I don't know if it's that or whatever, but either way, like he's gonna get paid. Man, if team <laughs> if teams are stocks, I'm invested in the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, uh, I really am. I mean, I, I love God. As soon as Steve Eiserman was announced, I said, like, oh, "Okay, here we go. Detroit's gonna be back." You know, I just I just love it and just the moves that they've made, and I, you know, I'm excited because anytime an original six can come back, it's good for hockey. Yeah. So that, that'll be good.